Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Feisty, fearless, and fair. Telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, well, Congressman Matt Gates has done it. He has moved to oust Speaker Kevin McCarthy from the top House leadership position, offering a motion to vacate the chair on the House floor. That is a very, very rare procedural move that can be used to vote to remove the Speaker of the House. Uh, this is the first time, by the way, this has been done in a long, long time, the last time in history that there ever was a speaker removed was well over a uh, 100 years ago. There was a vote. And in that case, it failed in that moment. So this is extraordinarily rare. It is obviously showing an incredibly divided GOP in the House And we'll be following developments as this happens, because, again, in a rare move, Florida Congressman Matt Gates, who, of course, has been at odds with Kevin McCarthy and has been pushing and saying that if he did do a deal where he would defer basically the spending bill in the House, which is essentially what happened over the weekend, essentially kicking the can down the road uh, so there would not be a government shutdown. And it was deferred for 45 days. So that happened. McCarthy had to deal with some Democrats and others to make that happen. And Matt Gates said he was not happy with that. And now in the last few hours has made that motion to vacate the chair, essentially forming a vote that will take place now to potentially remove House Speaker Kevin McCarthy will, of course, keep you posted on all of this. Typically, usually a vote would happen in the next two days. Uh, the way it worked out with Kevin McCarthy was that if one member of Congress wanted to do it, it would happen. And Gates has been at odds with Kevin McCarthy from the very beginning. Remember, he's the one who held up the initial vote. So there's been bad blood and bad history between the men throughout And we will see where this goes. Again, we'll keep you posted because, boy, what an interesting, dramatic day it has been. And speaking of which, later on in the show, we're going to be talking to former Defense Department Chief of Staff there under President Trump, Cash Patel. He has a new book out called Government Gangsters, talking about the deep state and what he has seen under his tenure with Trump where he feels the issues are, where he feels the weaponization of government is. And he's going to be joining us at about half an hour or so from now, talking about his new book and what he saw firsthand. I'm going to ask him, by the way, remember all these reports that came out? Did President Trump indeed ask for the National Guard on January 6th? Remember when all that was going on? 
prior to January 6th? Did he ask for more security? Did he ask for extra protections? Cash Patel has come out in other places and said yes, that he overheard some conversations. So we'll get into all that and a whole bunch more. You definitely do not want to miss that. Cash Patel, Trump aide, coming up just a little bit from now. And also, today was a huge day for President Trump. Uh, he was in court in New York on his civil trial. And in court, he was blistering. This is the case, of course, by Letitia James, who says that he inflated the value of his real estate. Now, let's just get this straight. There are so many people in New York real estate in general that always get different prices for the value of their properties. They are always so much higher. Uh, they're lower. It depends on who you talk to. So far, we haven't heard of anybody who says that they were victimized in any shape or form by Trump's valuations. So how is there even a crime here? This, to me, looks so much like selective prosecution and selective persecution on so many levels. And today, President Trump came out swinging in a big, big way. Take a listen, because he said, this is why I'm in court today. He may be in, by the way, who knows, a good part of the week. We'll see. But he said he felt he had to show what he was here for. He said he came because he felt the judge has been against him. He felt the system's been against him. He feels that the Department of Justice, led by Joe Biden, is the one who spearheaded it. He believes that he's the one who's sort of pushing Attorney General Letitia James and others to push this case. And here is what President Trump had to say when he was arriving for his civil trial. Uh, this is what, a uh, fifth trial or sixth trial that's on the docket. But uh, here he is coming out swinging this morning. It's a witch hunt. It's a disgrace. We have a corrupt attorney general in the state. You see how she does. And you also heard he went after Letitia James. He also went after the judge. And he also maintained his innocence. Here's a little more of President Trump. And we did nothing wrong. And if you look at the statements, they showed that even in 2011, I guess the number was $258 million in cash. Uh, very strong company. I didn't believe we really, maybe I wouldn't do a couple of deals or something, but I wouldn't have even needed to go to banks. Banks loved our business. They loved our deals. They weren't defrauded. They lost no money. They made money. They had the finest attorneys that there are. Frankly, their attorneys were better than my attorneys. And uh, they made a lot of money. And they considered me a very good client. I paid them back on time, on schedule. There was no default. They never even sent me a default letter. Not one. For years, never got a default letter. And there's no case here. There's no victim. The banks aren't a victim. The insurance companies are a victim. Everybody got paid. It's a terrible, terrible thing. This was for politics. This is for politics. And by the way, I agree with President Trump. To me, that they would go after the former president of the United States on what is really a real estate issue. They are maintaining this judge in the New York case is maintaining that President Trump, his property, Mar-a-Lago, which is a sprawling, huge, beautiful property, is valued at $18 million. Are you kidding me? 
Have you seen pictures of the property? I've been to the property. It's an enormous property. There are homes that go for West Palm Beach, like, you know, beachfront area that go for like 30, 40 million dollars, single family homes. This is a sprawling, sprawling resort. And the judge is saying, oh, no, 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 it's only worth 18 million. And when Trump puts down that it's worth 100 or two or 300 million, uh, that's inflated. That's fraud. That is such a subjective business. And this is a disgrace. This to me looks so overkill. And this to me is such an abomination of the process in America. All Americans are supposed to get equal justice. And this is something that they would never go after somebody for. They are really like shooting at darts, trying to create a case against President Trump. It's like, okay, uh, the four, you know, the four cases, the 91 charges, the two impeachments, I guess those are not enough. So they have to come up with something else. This to me is so over the top. What are your thoughts, guys? one 800 848-9222, Also, Trump definitely was swinging against New York Attorney General Letitia James. He did not hold anything back. Take a listen to what he also said when he was in court today. The Attorney General of this state is a disgrace. Letitia James is a disgrace. She's a disgrace to our country and to the state of New York. She should focus on all of the violent crime and the murders going on in New York, not on somebody that paid back the banks in full without a default. And there are reports that, according to Trump's team, he even paid back some of the money early. He had to put the, you know, the prices down for loans and issues with the banks and insurance companies. And apparently some of the banks, according to his attorneys, got paid back early. They're not complaining. Their insurance company isn't complaining. No one's complaining. This is insane, and this is prosecutorial overreach to the umph degree. And here is Letitia James, because she was in court today, and she certainly paints a very different picture. No matter how much money you think you may have, no one is above the law. And it is my responsibility and my duty and my job to enforce it. And Letitia James, however, is the same person who frequently in the campaign when she was running for attorney general said she had one mission in mind pretty much. And she was asked, there's a number of times where she's asked, you know, uh, so will you get Trump by the reporters who were looking for that, for that answer? Is your mission about getting Trump? Are you hoping to get Trump if you become attorney general? And she proudly said, oh, yeah, 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 that is part of my plan. She campaigned on it. Take a listen. Will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. I will never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president. We need to focus on Donald Trump. We need to follow his money. What is fueling my soul right now is Trump. This illegitimate That sure sounds like a campaign rallying cry. Her mission was to get Trump. And now it's like, okay, let's try the business process. She's trying to get the kids to potentially, you know, testify against the father. They've already come out saying there's nothing there. I mean, this is really crazy. And I think Americans tonight are saying enough. 
It's been enough already from day one, but this to me is so blatant. This is such an overreach by this New York attorney general who was hell-bent on getting Trump no matter what and who was damned and determined to get Trump. And now she is sitting there saying, oh, okay, here he is. If I can't find some criminal issue, I'm going to look on a civil issue that will show that he inflated his properties. That is what every real estate person does. Not necessarily inflate, but you get different prices. You get different issues. Even the appraisers sometimes make different, so then they loan you less money. There's a lot of different stories behind this. And if that's the case, you could essentially go after every single real estate person in New York. Earlier today, I was talking with Rudy Giuliani. And Rudy was telling me and John Katsimatidis on Katz and Cosby, he was saying, you know what, guess what? Under you as a U.S. attorney, that essentially when he was working there for the Southern District, if this was the standard, nobody would do business in New York. No real estate guy would ever do business in New York if they felt that they could suddenly be prosecuted, prosecuted selectively by the attorney general under this provision. This is such a blatant overreach and such obvious targeting of Trump because you don't like the name Trump. And here is what this is the former attorney general, Matt Whitaker, had to say about today's case. Yeah, this is about essentially kicking Donald Trump and his family out of New York. And they don't want their business. They want to take away their right to do business. They wanted them to have to liquidate all of their assets. You know, I just think about a, a yearly statement that is submitted to the bank or to insurance companies of illiquid assets, real estate assets, and, 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 an, and an estimate of those values on a sheet of paper given to a bank where a, a bank could do a, an appraisal. They could reject that. They could assign a value themselves. I just think this whole case just seems like a really vindictive attempt by the attorney general in New York to kick Trump out of New York state. It sure does look that way, Matt Whitaker. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. This, to me, just epitomizes everything that's wrong with the weaponization of government. We have to believe in our system. We have to believe that our system is fair. We have to believe that our system is balanced, that it's fair for everybody. And especially even if you don't like the last name Trump, you don't like the person Trump, uh, you have to sit there and go, wait a minute. This is so over the top. The justice system is supposed to be fair for everybody. You should not be targeting your political opponent. We're going to be taking your calls when we come back. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
President Trump's civil fraud trial has begun in New York. By the way, one of the things that I found most disgraceful was the fact that he was just sitting there smiling and laughing. I mean, it was, I'm talking about the judge, the judge in the case, it was wild because they had cameras in the courtroom for the first few minutes, it seemed, you know, of the case. Trump was very serious. You could tell that he was deeply disturbed by what's happening and the allegations and the whole system. And then it pans to the judge and the judge is sitting there smiling, gleeful, laughing, mucking it up. Um, apparently, uh, he is a big Democratic leaning judge. I'm not surprised because he already issued the summary judgment in the case saying that Trump is guilty of fraud. So now this is the penalty phase. Letitia James seeking a $250 million penalty, trying to also kick Trump out of his businesses, uh, which are all the, you know, different Trump properties, many of them based in New York and also Mar-a-Lago. I mean, this is a business death penalty. And the judge is laughing it up. He reminded me of sort of Judge Ito, remember, in the OJ case, who was so happy when the cameras panned on him. It was like, how's my hair look? <laughs> how's my smile look? Oh, yeah, 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 here's my big moment. I mean, it was really bizarre because he was laughing and he was making these little faces like so happy to be here. Uh, which to me just is a disgrace and just a mockery of the whole system. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Judith, line four in Brooklyn. Judith, your thoughts about all this? Rita, I am just so livid. First of all, this so-called judge, you're right, who declared Trump guilty before even this trial even began, okay? To me, I took a look at him and the way he behaved. I said, this guy looks like Satan, but he's missing horns. He is so pure evil you can see the ugliness he's so ugly from inside out like george soros you can see it on their faces these are ugly mean disgusting horrible people and he's one of them he should not be a judge at all he doesn't belong being a judge he's uh he's an activist of some sort but he's satan i don't know let me tell you moving on rush limbaugh his property was valued at 150 million and that's just the land we're not even talking the building. If they just want to, like, tear down the building just for the land alone, $150 million. Mar-a-Lago is so much larger, Rita, and plus the estate and the building itself is so valuable. Easily, it's like $250 million even higher. It's it's just ridiculous. The whole it thing. is. You, it just, is. You know, Judith, yeah. you hit it on the head. Uh, in fact, the size of the property um, I mean, it's this enormous, sprawling estate. If it was available for $18 million, if it's worth that, or if he was selling it for that, believe me, there'd be a, millions of people who'd buy it for $18 million, and then they'd just turn around and resell it for two or $300 million. I mean, that just shows it is, it is so much higher than the judge puts it. And it's a, it, is, it is a disgrace. I, I agree with you. And the judge's behavior, horrible, horrible, horrible. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota. Dom, your thoughts. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Yeah, Rita, three cheers for statute of limitations. Let the games begin. Letitia James versus David Weiss. Looks like the statute of limitations law has become a nightmare for both David Weiss and Letitia James. You know, and I looked like I heard that the judge threw out a lot of these cases beyond statute of limitations for Trump. And apparently, you know, he's got only two minor charges and most of the things are going to get thrown out is what I heard. Yeah, well, and uh, I've heard that they did throw out some. 
uh, but not all. And they're still forging ahead. But you're right. There was at least a minor victory or a decent victory with that. Uh, But it just shows, boy, are they just reaching, reaching, reaching. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story coming from Warren, Michigan, where two police officers were honored with a Valor Award after they saved a child from electrocution recently, and they were presented the awards just a few days ago. It was in body camera footage that was released. Herring footage showed an officer can be seen approaching a section of a streak marked off by caution tape after after saying he saw the boy get electrocuted. Can you imagine? Additional officers approached from the other side of the wire. Hysterical screams can be heard as another child was told to back away. And then the officers can be seen on the videotape saying he's alive. He is still breathing as they drag the unconscious child out of harm's way. Uh, Amazingly, they hurried up and got him to the hospital and he actually survived after that harrowing, harrowing ordeal. If it were not for the police that were there at the right moment, the boy would not have survived. Uh, One of the officers said, quote, it's not only writing tickets, it's going to actual crimes. It's serving the public and making sure that people are safe. That's, in essence, what a police officer does. And thank goodness we were able to react and save that young boy's life. Uh, This is truly heroic and really amazing to see. And the footage is just incredible. And bravo to these great officers there at Michigan Police Officers based in Warren, Michigan, and bravo for their Valor Awards. Well, we are talking, of course, about President Trump in court today, and boy, did he come out swinging. Uh, Here he is uh, talking about Tish James, the attorney general, the one who brought the charges against him in this New York civil fraud case. We have a racist attorney general who's a horror show who ran on the basis that she was going to get Trump before she even knew anything about me. And he also came out swinging on the judge. We have murders going all over the city, all over the state at a record level. It's an epidemic. And they waste their time on this with banks that were very happy. They got all their money back. They weren't defrauded. I've been defrauded with a judge that ruled that a building, that a property is worth $18 billion, $18 million, when in fact it's worth over a billion, probably a billion and a half, it may be worth anything. But many properties which I sold are worth much more than were listed in the financial statement. By double and triple, what do you have to do? And we're wasting our time under this trial with a Democrat judge from the clubhouses. It's a disgrace. 
They ought to look for the murderers and the killers that are all over New York killing people and the violent crime that's being committed in our city and our state is disgraceful and we're going to be here for months with a judge that already made up his mind. It's ridiculous. He's a Democrat judge. He's an operative and it's ridiculous. And joining us now to talk about the weaponization of judge of justice, which is certainly happening in a huge, huge way, uh, is our next guest. Our next guest is a well-known fighter for freedom. Uh, he has certainly been on the front lines. He was a former top official in the White House, the Department of Defense, where he was chief of staff, also in the intelligence community and the Department of Justice. Uh, and he has written a very powerful book. It is called Government Gangsters, the Deep State, the Truth and the Battle for Our Democracy. He has been there right on the front lines. I'm a big fan of his and I'm so happy he's here on the show. Cash Patel. Cash, thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks so much for having me on the show. And it's it's great to be on home programming. I'm born and raised in New York. I moved away some time ago, but it's so nice to hear you talking about our brave men and women on the NYPD. Thank you very much, Cash. And I know that you're a big supporter of law enforcement. You're also a big supporter of American justice, but justice for all and fair justice for all. Uh, Your book, uh, this is called Government Gangsters. First of all, uh, they were trying to fight you from it from it getting out there. I know there was a big, big battle. Uh, Talk about that if you could, Cash. What kind of hoops you had to go through and why were they blocking you so bad from getting this book out, which I'm glad is getting a lot of coverage. Well deserved. Thanks so much for letting me talk about it. Yeah, look, all I wanted to do for my 16 years in government, as everybody else that goes in, is to serve. Not everybody. The corrupt leaders don't. And when you start talking about the truth and exposing their corruption and their lies and their two-tier system of justice, the Biden administration put a 10-month blockade on my manuscript because as a government official, I have to submit it to them, which is no problem. But a process that takes two months took me 10 months in a federal lawsuit. And their reasoning was, oh, classification and privacy. And when it was all said and done and we won in federal court, they classified less than 0.05% of this book under redactions. It was a hoax. And I name names. I name every government gangster, Republican and Democrat. It's not a political mission. Restoring our system of justice in this country and our intelligence community is to protect Americans, and they just didn't want to hear it. The Trump case, boy, uh, front row and center. I got to get your reaction to that, Cash, because sure enough, you've been living it. You were there with Trump through all of this. Um, Mm -hmm. Your reaction to what's happening even on the civil case today? Yeah, that just shows you the two-tier system of justice that Merrick Garland, Christopher Ray, Rod Rosenstein have created is in state civil court as well. As a former national security prosecutor and public defender, it was disgraceful for this judge to come out and advertise false information to prejudice the uh, American public and, again, rig another election with his false facts, knowing them to be false, and then slide in his legal decision at the end to cut out most of the case and gut Letitia James's baseless prosecution – on the statute of limitations, something he should have led with. And that just shows you that the fake news lopped it all up and got the headline they wanted. Donald Trump is going to be robbed of his um, ability to make money in New York. This case is going to be appealed, and Americans and New Yorkers are seeing this what it is. They are attacking us with lawfare, and unless we expose them and fix the system, they are going to come after all of us. How big is the deep state? I mean, how pervasive? And I know in your book you name names on both sides, but how widespread is it? And how come nobody blew the lid off it before? 
Uh, I'll start with the latter. It's simple. The deep state is so big and entrenched that in order to succeed in the swamp in Washington, D.C., you have to protect each other and your institution's name. So when you get out, you can have your golden parachute and seven-figure payday. And these people just cobbled it together. And when President Trump came in, they grew by exponential numbers. It's everywhere in every agency and department. And that's not to say there's not brave men and women serving in all those agencies and departments. The overwhelming majority do so, but the leadership – Um, has corrupted them. And what they want is the ability to drown out and get Trump, just like this prosecutor campaigned on, and they will rig presidential elections based on false information with their conspirators in the media. The deep state is everywhere. It's out in the public now. And they don't care because no one is going to hold them accountable unless Donald Trump is back in the White House. And they can't, they cannot have that because we will get them all if that happens. You know, um, you bring up a great point because they do seem to be just operating out in the open. They don't seem to, you know, have any sense of a repercussion or anything. Where are the good guys who are supposed to be standing up for the Constitution like you? You know, we've got some brave whistleblowers, and I'm proud to be supporting them. And you see the information that comes out. You see how Hunter Biden was given preferential treatment. You see how Merrick Garland goes out and lies to the world and says no one no one was blocking the Hunter Biden uh, investigation. Well, we now know that is a total lie. And you see how the classified documents case is being handled. Where is Joe Biden's indictment? He was the one who, as vice president, had no authorization to possess that information, unlike Donald Trump as president with presidential privilege and authority. People are seeing it. It's not about President Trump, whether you like him personally or not. It's about whether or not our system of justice survives. And if we don't win in 2024, um, I think Americans are seeing that we're going to be looking like a dictatorship. Um, Cash, what are your thoughts about Jamal Bowman and, and the pulling of the alarm? And a lot of people are equating that he should be have some repercussion to him because look what happened to the people, anybody who was near the Capitol on January 6th. Well, I'll just give you the facts as this Justice Department has brought it. 325 defendants on January 6th have been charged and convicted of obstructing an official congressional proceeding, United States Code 1512. This man used a fire alarm next to 17 fire alarm windows and is claiming as a principal of a high school he didn't know that that fire alarm was going to go off. And he did so right before an effort to vote on a continuing resolution that the Democrats wanted delayed. And that is the definition of obstructing an official proceeding. And his lies are now coming out. And the Democrats are giving him a hall pass, and this is a two-tier system of justice on blast. If he's not prosecuted, and I don't think he will be, because Merrick Garland does not want to go after Democrats, Americans are going to see that they have they have concrete a two-tier system of justice. Yeah, it seems to be a, a scene, though, however, that seems to be happening over and over again um, as so many people are watching and going, wait a minute, where is fairness? It should be colorblind, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Um And it should not depend on your political bearing. I I want to also ask you, Cash, and I've seen you talk about it this before, so that's why I want to have you on my show about this, too, about did President Trump also, um, as we're talking about January 6th, you Mm -hmm. were in some meetings, right? Uh, Refresh my memory. I just want to make sure, because I think this is so powerful. We've had a number of people call and ask over the years. Talk about January 6th. What information did he give before then in terms of national security, in terms of saying, hey, let's call out the National Guard or bring extra security that day? Am I correct that he actually he did want individuals out there, extra security, um, and he didn't get them? We know that um, even Stephen Sun, the Capitol Hill police, uh, said there were some requests and that they were turned down by Pelosi's office. 
He absolutely did. As chief of staff of DOD, I was in the Oval Office two days before January 6th, where Donald Trump as president authorized under the law 10 to 20,000 National Guardsmen and women. I sent my DOD leadership team to Pelosi and Bauer because the law requires not just a presidential authorization, but a request from the mayor or governor or local authority here, Pelosi and Bowser, in charge of D.C. and the Capitol Police. They put in writing. We do not want any additional National Guardsmen and women. And the powerful thing about government gangsters is not just that story. I provide the government documents and receipts in the back of the book. Bowser's letter refusing it. Mayor Pelosi, excuse me, Pelosi and the Capitol Police declination of National Guard in her own words, in their own timeline. And this is just another example, just like Russiagate and so many things before, where the media is willing to lie and, and tell falsehoods about the law and President Trump just because President Trump did it. Just think how different it would have been if 10,000 of my National Guardsmen and women would have been there before January 6th. They wanted the political scene. They got it so they can use this insurrection narrative, which is totally false, to rig another presidential election. I'm glad America's waking up, and the least I could do is write about it. But more than that, give America the documentation so they can see it for themselves. It's all in the book. Is there any doubt in your mind that Pelosi knew? Because uh, there's no way that her, her office is just going to turn it down without her knowing. It absolutely went to her in the Capitol Police timeline that I put in there with the Capitol Police sergeant at arms and chief of police's own words says they went to the Speaker of the House and she refused to give them the authority to request the National Guard's men and women. It is black and white. And right now she's out there running around lying, saying, where, the, where was the National Guard's men and women? Mayor, uh, Mayor Bowser and Speaker Pelosi at the time refused, and the law requires it. And that's the point. People just think, oh, why didn't Donald Trump unilaterally deploy armed military personnel? Because it's illegal to do that. And the National Guard, you see them everywhere in sporting events and every other thing. Governors and mayors, disaster relief, we provide it all the time. All they have to do is make the request. And Donald Trump had the foresight to authorize it beforehand, and they shut him down. Wow, 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 wow. Everybody, we are talking to Cash Patel, of course, who had a front row seat to history and has been in so many pivotal positions in the Trump administration and others. Uh, His new book is called Government Gangsters, The Deep State, The Truth, and the Battle for Our Democracy. Just came out. Uh, You know, Cash, it's like if you had had written this book a couple years ago, they go, oh, it's a a spy thriller. Now it's like, boy, he's spot on. Um, You know, and you lived it, so you know it. Um, Where did a guy, as you talked about at the beginning, uh, you're a New Yorker, um, you know, Mm -hmm. you went to law school in New York. Where did a guy uh, get those kind of guts uh, to stand up and blow the lid off so many of these things have you've done in the book and you've courageously done uh, during your time in the administration and afterwards? You know, it's just a simple thing about being in a New Yorker, serving the mission, serving your community, being the son of immigrants, getting an education and putting others first. It's really simple. And when you go into government to serve, it's a privilege. It's not a right. So you can go print money off the backs of American taxpayer dollars and ruin our system of justice. You've seen what's happening at the border. You've seen what's going on with crime. That's just one example when you have a commander in chief in Joe Biden who cares more about weaponizing, politicizing justice than meeting it out. And so the least we can do and that I can do is take my 16 years and put it out there on blast and provide the solutions. More importantly, Government Gangsters has the solutions in all levers of government to reform and demolish the deep state. But we can't do it alone with the people in government. America has to be educated and go to the polls and talk to their communities and say, you were lied about to the 51 Intel letter, impeachment 1-2, Russiagate, 
and you bet your bottom dollar they're working on the next narrative, and we have to preempt them, and that's the point. Put the mission first in government gangsters. And uh, President Trump uh, even said of government gangsters, as you know, it's a brilliant roadmap, and he said we will use this blueprint to help us take back the White House and remove these gangsters from all of government. Uh, would you want to go back again, too? If he goes back, would you go back, Cash? <laughs> Uh, the mission, the mission, it, my mission is putting him out there and educating the public and putting him back in the Oval. It was an honor to serve him, and I would be, I would be thrilled at another opportunity, not to just serve him, but to serve the American public and show them what a United States government without corruption can do for our communities, our border, our national security, and more importantly, to stop the never-ending wars that we commit so much blood and treasure to and get nothing out of it. We got 55,000 homeless veterans in this country, and we're sending $120 billion to the Ukraine. That is beyond unacceptable. Yeah, there are so many issues out there, as you so eloquently described. Uh, And boy, what a different time it is in America from when President Trump was in office and you in very pivotal positions there in the administration. Uh, Cash, you got to come back on again soon. New Yorkers love you, okay? you got to come back. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take that as an open invite. I can't wait to come back soon. Thank you so much for having me on, and let me talk about my new book, Government Gangsters. Thank you. Bravo. Everybody, be sure to get this book. Wow, wow, wow. It's some great stuff. Government Gangsters uh, from the great Cash Patel. Cash, thanks so much. And when we come back, everybody, we're going to take your calls. one 800 848 The Rita Cosby Show. Wow, what an interesting discussion we just had with Cash Patel, who is the former chief of staff at the Department of Defense under President Trump. And his book, Government Gangsters, which blows the lid off the deep state on both sides of the political aisle, um, and also talks about, as I brought up the other issue, as we've been talking about January 6th and the two-tiered system of justice that definitely exists in America, him also confirming that for sure he's aware that there was a request for ten or 20,000 National Guard uh, prior to January 6th. And that he's well aware of it because he was a part of putting the documents together that Trump was asking for, but that it has to get approved by Speaker Pelosi or Muriel Bowser. And they denied it. And he said he's got the documents to prove it in the book. So this is mind blowing. And it also just shows further lies and spins. And why are we hearing a different story from many other political leaders on the Democratic side. And why has Nancy Pelosi never been called to testify? Muriel Bowser, why weren't they called before the January 6th committee? We only heard everything anti-Trump, nothing that even would have shown balance in the case. So, boy, it sounds like the fix is in. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm, line eight. Um, Norm, uh, before we get to the Trump case... That was amazing what Cash Patel was just talking about. Oh, yeah, it was a great it was a great interview. And uh, I, uh, you know, I was there on January 6th. So anything basically any (laughs) any truthful information I hear about it, my ears prick up. So anyway, by uh, the way, by the way, Norm, having been there, that's right. On January 6th, I remember you telling me um, what are your thoughts that, you know, Cash was confirming because he, you know, he was a part of all the documentation tied to President Trump asking for National Guard to be there at the Capitol that day. 
Uh, that sure yeah. doesn't sound like a guy who wanted uh, the place to be overrun. You know, no, I mean, it was it was it was not an insurrection. Insurrectionists come to. Uh, um, if it was an insurrection, we would come with weapons, and I haven't heard of any weapons charges uh, among the people who showed up at the rally. And, and Norm, um, think about I, Norm. Norm, think about also how different it would have been had there been ten or twenty thousand National Guard around oh, even yeah. the building. Uh, I, I mean, would have appreciated it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the the know, people there I would mean, have felt I, safe. You know, I always appreciate security when you have like a million people there. No. It's common sense. It's common sense. It and, com- and and that's, it it, but it's sense. stunning that Nancy Pelosi has never been held accountable for that. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, she, the, listen, this is what they want. They wanted, they wanted this destabilizing thing to say, oh, look, this is what you're going to get with the Republicans. They're going to get riots and, and overthrowing of the government. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, they, uh, they caused it, if you ask me, from the, their lack of security. I mean, there were people that trespassed. I, I, I don't forgive them. I mean, I don't think that you know there are people that maybe didn't act appropriately, and I don't have any problem. But uh, uh, you know, uh, people sitting in jail still for uh, I don't know, 22 year prison sentences. Uh, I just it's just too damn much. Oh, it, it is too way much. too much. And there are a lot of people uh, that were there. Right. Uh, that didn't do anything or the doors were right. open and they walked in. Right. I mean, come on. I, I you yeah. know, um, uh, sorry, Norm, but I'm so glad that we're talking now because it, it hits another issue that I touched on with Cash Patel was the whole mm-hmm. issue of Jamal Bowman pulling the alarm uh, during the vote, right. of course, for funding the government. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, some people are equating uh, that saying, well, look, you better throw the book at this guy because he was disrupting a, you know, a proceeding, a constitutional, a congressional proceeding that mm-hmm. was underway. And uh, especially if you compare it to what they what they did do to the people tied to January 6th, what do you think should happen to Jamal Bowman? OK, both of us who I went to high school with on Avenue L, when they would pull the fire alarm, uh, sometimes they would get caught and they would be arrested. I, you know, I don't understand. I think the same the same rules apply to, uh, you know, uh, you know, dummies I went to high school with as, as, a, as a congressman. I don't understand why he pulled a fire alarm. That's against the law. They should throw the book at him. Yep. And you know what? Also, he's also a, a you know, a former teacher. He's a former principal who did fire alarm training. And uh, there you see him in the video, him turning the, you know, pulling the alarm down. And there's big signs all over the place that fell down or were taken down, according to reports. They haven't released the footage yet. But come on, I agree with you, Norm. It is so ridiculous. That's disrupting a proceeding. And by the way, it could either be a felony or a misdemeanor. But regardless, that's a crime. We're going to continue your calls after the break, everybody. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show. We are going to be talking about the migrant crisis 
finally some Democrats are waking up and realizing maybe it's not a good thing to have an open border. Some of the new numbers also uh, border crossers. It is downright frightening. And the numbers are definitely becoming historic figures in the month of September. They are saying it's going to reach over 260,000 people crossing our border. These are the encounters, the ones we know about. For the fiscal year of 2023, 2,460,000 plus. That would make it the biggest year of crossings. Again, only the ones we know about. That doesn't include the gotaways, the ones that get away that you have no record of. But that makes it the biggest in American history ever since we've been keeping record in a single year. Thank you, President Biden, for making our borders the most unsecure ever by historic proportions. And meantime, we're hearing from Democrats. Uh, they seem to be having a little bit of a wake-up call, but my question tonight is, is too little, too late. Uh, here is New York Governor Kathy Hochul over the weekend finally saying maybe the border is, quote, a little too open. Listen to this. I want them to have a limit on who can come across the border. It is too open right now. Uh, people coming from all over the world are finding their way through, simply saying they need asylum. And the majority of them seem to be ending up in the streets of New York. And that is a real problem for New York City. 125,000 newly arrived individuals. And we are being taxed. Now, we are always so proud of the fact that New York has the Statue of Liberty in our harbor. We, we are mm-hmm. one of the most diverse places on earth because of our welcoming nature and our it's in our DNA to welcome immigrants. But there has to be some limits in place and Congress has to put more controls at the border. So I thought maybe it was inching there because she said, yeah, it's too open right now. But then the solution is bring us more money and let's hurry up and fast track these people for jobs. We know that the president, by the sweep of a pen, made half a million Venezuelans basically legal, giving them expedited work permits, which will also include that they'll get Social Security numbers and driver's licenses, and then they will be able to vote. Isn't that interesting? Because municipal elections where they could potentially vote in because they would be non citizens but legal non-citizens that could qualify them again for municipal which is like city council and mayor isn't it interesting there's city council elections coming up in november just a few weeks away and somehow those venezuelans were able to squeak right in wow 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 well here is kathy hochel talking about the expedited work permits for venezuelans how convenient We already have nearly 400 employers who've stood up, who said, yes, yes, we will embrace them. We'll hire them. We'll give them that shot at the American dream that that they've wanted for themselves and their families. So as soon as they're able to work, we'll have the people available. But how many jobs does almost 400 employers equate to? 18,000 jobs are already available waiting for people who signed up in the portal. So that's incredible. That can help solve our problems and at least be a start toward reducing the number of people who need shelter in our city. Actually, what would solve our problem is closing the border and sending those who are illegally here back. 
Uh, I mean, what what is so difficult about this? And they keep playing the blame game on Republicans, saying it's Republicans who are politicizing it. No, it's an open border that you don't want to fix. And what is the solution? Well, maybe let's try to kind of put a little bit of a damper on it and maybe let's kind of kind of close it. And at the same time, let's get everybody to work and give them front of the line access to jobs ahead of Americans, ahead of other people that have been waiting a long time to get in the system. No, 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 they don't qualify. Suddenly migrants are going to go to the front of the line. How is that fair? Boy, it was a different system under President Trump who had that border sealed. And now, instead, President Trump is on the hot seat. He was in New York Civil Court today, and he came out swinging and said they are going after him because he is the leading political opponent of Joe Biden, pure and simple. Here's what he had to say. It has been very successful for them because they took me off the campaign trail because I've been sitting in a courthouse all day long instead of being in... Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, or a lot of other places I could be at. This is a horrible situation for our country. It's never happened before. It's election interference. They're interfering with the presidential election of 2024. And the people of our country see it. The people of our country see it, and they just want fair justice. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. By the way, everybody, over the weekend, I was also part of the Pulaski Day Parade, which was very cool, going down Fifth Avenue of New York City. Um, I just put up on my social media, on my Twitter, so make sure you check it out, at Rita Cosby, and put up some great pictures uh, the president of Poland, Andrzej Duda, uh, who is an amazing leader of that country, he came to the parade along with a whole bunch of ministers, uh, also Poland's consul general from New York. Adrian Kubitsky was there. Uh, Bob Holden, New York City councilman, Democrat, who is a huge supporter of the Polish community. He was there. Um, also, so many other dignitaries and just a sea of white and red, uh, the Polish flag and also the American flag. Lots of red, white and blue because Poles are so patriotic. They love this country. There's such a steeped history going back to Kazimierz Pulaski, who was the father of the American cavalry, who saved George Washington's life during the Revolutionary War. Uh, so this is truly an American hero and a Polish hero. And it was just a beautiful day, and I was so honored to be a part of it. I put some great pictures up, so make sure you check it out. We also had a great grand marshal, and we have some wonderful pictures of him and the president of Poland and everybody else. It was just such a beautiful, beautiful day. And uh, definitely check out the shots because I was very proud to be there. And as you know, I am very proud to be a Polish-American. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to BJ, line eight. Uh, BJ, your thoughts about everything? About everything. Wow, we don't have a show long enough for that. But uh, given the, uh, 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 by the way, congratulations on that wonderful uh, uh, interview uh, with uh, uh, Dev. With Patel. Cash Patel. Yeah, Cash really Patel, interesting. Yeah. And also yeah. that was interesting, what he said about the National Guard on January 6th, too. That was, uh, that was very revealing. Yeah, well, you know, in a way, uh, I mean, there's so much behind the scenes that's been kept from the American public about this. 
um, that uh, it's very clear that it, it's evolving into almost they're trying to spin it so that it's a new speak that uh, Nancy Pelosi was blameless and uh, Chuck Schumer was blameless. And, uh, you know, it was all the evil Republicans that orchestrated this whole thing. Uh, when, in fact, we know that uh, <clears throat> Donald Trump uh, wanted the troops uh, to secure the area because they gave uh, the, he was receiving reports that there were going to be troublemakers coming them coming there. And what happened? Nancy Pelosi just kind of shrugged her shoulders and, and let it let let the, the, the most visible building, uh, iconic building of the U.S. government. Uh, that's all on our money, left it totally unprotected. I, I mean, uh, anyone wa watching, even if you were watching on TV what was going on there, you could clearly see that that place was ripe for uh, any type of, of uh, bad action. Absolutely. I mean, and, and BJ, too, you know, regardless of, I agree with you, you're right, it, it's an obvious um, location for mischief. But even beyond that, when you have something that's a rally and you know you're going to have hundreds of thousands of people or a million people, a huge crowd, it's obvious that you're going to need uh, security. Just, you know, even if everything is peaceful, you're just going to want a lot of security. So that's why I was glad to ask Cash about it, because it defies logic to not have it there. And clearly he asked they turned it down. Cash was right there on the front lines when and, and submitting the documentation and knows that the mayor of D.C. and Nancy Pelosi turned it down. And guess what? Neither one of them was called by the January 6th committee that was led by Democrats. What a surprise, right, B.J.? Yep. I mean, to me, yep. that's disgusting. The entire seat of the federal government legislature is deciding an election and you leave it. To the, no, we're not going to keep we don't need 20,000 troops to protect them when you have a huge uh, whenever you have any rally. Rallies can turn into riots really quick. Any anyone uh, in law enforcement knows this. That's why whenever you, even at the parade you were at yesterday, you know, we, we live in a city where we have lots of public parades and stuff. But the police are always on guard because they know uh, bad actors can descend on these uh, events and, and cause chaos. Uh, so, you know, uh, this is what happened here, clearly. And the, the fake news media will not report on it. They will not dig it up. They will not ask any questions about it. Uh, these people walk away with millions. Uh, they, they, they do all sorts of chicanery. But here, the, this was something people could have. People did lose their life. It's a it's a godsend that no one lost their life. Uh, there was more casualties on that day. Uh, so you know, we we really as as tragic as that day was, we really did. Uh, it could have been a lot worse, and thank God it wasn't. I I, I wanted to mention to you though this trial. <laughs> Yeah, real quick, if you could, BJ, real quick. This Larry David judge, uh, uh, who who undervalued Mar-a-Lago to eighteen million, I, I couldn't understand. Like, how does does anyone take this seriously? I mean, this is like this is a bizarre event uh, that's unfolding before our eyes. Yeah, it is. It no is. No one I... was even hurt in this transaction. No one. No one was was robbed. No one was stolen from. You know, this type of uh, overvaluation, uh, and I'm used the word liberally, happens every day in, in all sorts of financial transactions in Absolutely. New York City. And, and by the way, BJ, you know, you could have like a nice suit on and somebody could say, well, that looks like, you know, uh, 
a $5,000 suit or it looks like a $200 suit. You know, I mean, real estate is very subjective and it's clearly there's no way I don't I can't think of another person other than this judge and Letitia James, I guess. So two people uh, who would actually say that Mar-a-Lago is worth 18 million. It's just it's ridiculous. It's inconceivable. Anybody who knows anything about property values. I mean, there I was bringing up there are single uh, family homes that are in West Palm Beach that are going for 30 to 40 million. And that's like a sprawling resort. I mean, 18 million sounds like a lot of money, but it's not when you look at Mar-a-Lago and the location and the resort. It's it's uh, there's at least a zero added, at least a zero. I mean, that, that it is. I agree with you. It is a joke and it's obscene and it's a disgrace. I 1000 percent agree. Uh, let's go real quick to Joanne on line four. Joanne, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Um, I'll tell you the truth. I'm really disgusted about what they did today to Trump. Uh, and that, as you said, you saw, everybody saw the smirk on the judges. It is a disgrace. And that is what America is about, really, you know? And then, and what does the price of the inflation of his properties, what does that even have to do with it? Nothing but the fact that they want to bankrupt a man, they want him out of politics because they don't want him up there where he is due to be. However, I think either way, he's not going to get there. I hate to say that because we need him. But why I say that is because there's going to be so much cheating. I mean, just even by the mere fact that they let all these illegals in, uh, the Venezuelans, especially rather, uh, in particular, because they are the ones that are going to be able to vote. Yeah, well, yeah. By the way, what did you make of the fact, Joanne? That it's the timing right before uh, local elections. Isn't that interesting, Joanne? Real quick. Of course, and it is absolutely disgusting. It's unheard of. We we really have to fight this. And if they're going to take Trump's jumping to Trump back to Trump, if they're going to take his name off of his name off of his properties and and all of that, we can't allow that. We just, as a nation, cannot allow that. Well, and I agree, Joanne. Good people need to stand up because justice needs to be fair and justice needs to be blind and it needs to be equal for everybody. And everybody, I think, out there, Republican or Democrat, if the name wasn't Trump, this case would not be brought. This whole case in New York, I agree with you. It's a sham. It's a disgrace. It seems to me like such unequal justice And there is something so wrong with uh, the weaponization that is so abundantly clear in that case, as you so eloquently said. Joanne, thank you. We're going to continue your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, this just in, just to show how dangerous crime is in America, including in the nation's capital. Word just coming in that Congressman from Texas, Democrat Henry Cuellar, was carjacked tonight in Washington, D.C., about a mile from the U.S. Capitol. That's according to D.C. police and the congressman's office. Congressman Henry Cuellar was carjacked 
in the Navy Yard area of southeast Washington by robbers who took his vehicle and his luggage. That's according to information from the police and also Cuellar's aides. Police said at least one of the carjackers had a gun. The carjacking apparently took place around 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time at New Jersey Avenue and K Street Southeast, again, very close to the U.S. Capitol. It's unclear whether the car's Texas license plate identified the owner as a member of Congress. Uh, so far, no reports of any injuries either. We'll let you know any more details as we get them. Uh, Congressman Cuellar, by the way, is in his 10th term in the House of Representatives. He represents South Texas, uh, basically the Laredo and San Antonio area, and is a Democrat, but has been very vocal about problems at the border. Um, one of the few Democrats who's been very vocal about that and pretty consistent on it, too, as well. And again, some very sad news tonight that the congressman was carjacked not too far from his office on Capitol Hill. In the Navy Yard area, which is right behind the Capitol, I've been to that Navy Yard area. Uh, there is actually a Navy Yard there. Uh, there's also restaurants and shops and a whole bunch of things. Uh, but it's a pretty crowded area. And it was 930 at night, which isn't too late either. Uh, but carjackers, plural, and including them, one of them armed with a gun, uh, taking his car and his luggage, a sign that nobody is safe Uh, In Washington, D.C., and in many cities across the country as crime is skyrocketing. We're taking your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dave uh, real quick. Dave, I know you wanted to talk about uh, another crime that took place. This is the pulling of the firearm by uh, Congressman Jamal Bowman over the weekend. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe these, this will start to wake these politicians up. But I'm calling because that uh, man that turned in a false alarm, when you pull a false alarm, it just doesn't make a bell go ding, ding, ding. In a lot of buildings, it alerts the fire company. It's a first-class misdemeanor. And when it alerts a fire company, it puts, uh, it puts a, a fire company in emergency response mode. It jeopardizes people's lives. It puts people in danger. That's a totally irresponsible act and should be dealt with accordingly. And their their lack of of judgment in this matter is disgusting. Yep, I agree. And Dave, by the way, it would be a felony if it indeed disrupted a congressional proceeding, which it sure seemed like it did. Uh, Real quick, let's go to Sandra, line eight. Sandra, real quick. Real quick. All right. Um, uh, Marjorie's post, she was the heiress to uh, General Foods. Well, she basically spent $7 million, which today Google said would be the, I can't talk with the music. Yeah, but you know what? I know what you're saying. It would be a lot more when she was trying to sell Mar-a-Lago. It would be worth so much more. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night on the Rita Cosby Show, a really powerful story coming from Lubbock, Texas. 
where one of America's war veterans was honored over the weekend for his service in the Korean War. A U.S. Army veteran, Private First Class Ronald McGinnis, was a soldier with the 439th Engineer Battalion, and he was one of the last Americans to deploy to the Korean War. On Saturday, he was presented with the Korean Ambassador for Peace Medal for his service to our country. The ceremony was organized by Lubbock Veterans of Foreign Wars and other ways. And it was also done with McGinnis's own children, who thought this was a perfect way for their father to celebrate his 90th birthday. His son, Jeff McGinnis, said, What we can do here with a small gathering is to honor him, not only for his service in the military, but also his service to friends, family, and to individuals in the community that he has touched. That's why we wanted to do this today. The South Korean government established the Ambassador for Peace Medal in order to ensure that the sacrifice made by American veterans is never, ever forgotten. And what a powerful, powerful message and how beautiful for him to be honored. I love that on his 90th birthday. Again, everybody, we will keep you posted on this big development coming out that Texas Congressman Henry Cuellar has been carjacked uh, just a few hours ago in the Navy Yard area of southeast Washington, right by the U.S. Capitol where he works. Again, it happened around 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Robbers apparently took his vehicle and his luggage according to Cuellar's aides and also the Capitol Hill police and D.C. police who were also called in. Uh, One of the robbers apparently had a gun. No reports of any injuries, thank goodness, at this time. Hopefully the congressman is safe and sound. Apparently uh, the carjacking occurred again right around 930 at New Jersey Avenue and K Street Southeast. And the congressman represents South Texas. Laredo and San Antonio. Uh, We, of course, are glad that he is okay. But what an example of the problems that are happening every single day with crime at this time in our country. And, you know, one of the things I am deeply concerned about, especially as we talk about the migrant situation, is the fact that now we have what is estimated to be, it's going to be more than 2.4 million Migrants will have crossed the border this fiscal year alone, making it the biggest number ever per year under any administration ever since they kept, you know, we're keeping count. So essentially what's happening now is we are getting deluge at the border. We have historic numbers at the border and we have an administration that refuses to even discuss the border. They keep continuously saying, What open border? There's no problem at the border. It's secure. And in fact, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, today actually said that Republicans are politicizing the border, that they should reach out and talk to Democrats. This is such a bunch of hogwash. This is ridiculous. This president won't even go to the border. He was recently in Arizona. He was about an hour and a half from the border. He didn't go there. But he sure had time to do a speech trashing President Trump, bashing MAGA as a threat to democracy. What about an open border that Biden has created? That's a threat to democracy. That certainly is catastrophic for this country. And this president, this administration, 
and mostly the Democratic Party, almost 99.999% refuse to acknowledge it. Their solution is, let's get more work permits. Let's get them in. Let's try to get them to be legalized voters. Does that sound like the fix is in? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Well, over the weekend... Bill Clinton, former President Bill Clinton, who's always a very shrewd politician, a smart guy, and also always tries to bring, I think, a bit of common sense uh, on the Democratic side of the issue. But this is what he had to say. At least he's honest. At least I think he's trying to, like, he sort of led the pack. Uh, John Katsimatidis did a great interview with him. Uh, my colleague and my host, of course, my co-host on Katz and Cosby, the great boss of Red Apple Media, John Katsimatidis, mega businessman. Well, John did a wonderful exclusive interview with Bill Clinton. This is Cut 16. And Bill Clinton talked about the immigration system in this country and talked about the need that it needs to be fixed. And I think he paved the way because right after this interview aired uh, that John did, which was powerful. It was an hour with Bill Clinton. Then you suddenly saw Kathy Hochul changing her tune a little. You suddenly saw, you know, the mayor changing a little bit of his tune, even though he's been questioning the administration a little bit. I'll give him credit for that. Uh, But others basically followed suit. Here is Bill Clinton on Cat's Roundtable on Sunday. The real problem I've got now in an emergency is that is not the people that were sent up here from Florida and Texas, by and large, it's the huge number of Venezuelans who have showed up because of the collapse of the Venezuelan economy and under American law going back for decades. I mean, way before any of this current fight started, we have always had a blanket offer of entry into America for people who have a reasonable fear for the lives and safety of their families and themselves. And so a lot of the Venezuelans can easily make that case, but they they come in here, and under the current law, they have to wait six months for a work permit. Now, very few of them do. About 80% of the people who come to New York and to Massachusetts, the two states with right-to-shelter laws within the state, although I see Governor Huckle thinks it should be modified, and it probably should under the current circumstances. It's just because they come up here and we're supposed to shelter people who can't get work permits for six months. And there's just no – we need to change that. We need to – if they want to work, they need to be working, paying taxes, and paying their way. And most of these people have no interest in being – on welfare for themselves or their families, they want to work and they're not allowed to under the system as it now works. It's broken. Well, it definitely is broken. Again, I don't think the solution is work permits. The solution is sealing the border. But I'm happy that they're at least drawing attention to the fact that there is a problem with the system. And so Governor Kathy Hochul of New York soon after kind of opened the door a little bit. She said that the border is too open right now. And then she also said this. Yes, we need help in Washington. We need help to control the borders. Yes, we do. 
We need to focus on the borders and make sure that people who really are eligible for asylum are the ones coming in. And also, uh, this is Kathy Hochul also saying the same thing that Bill Clinton was saying is that, you know what, Uh, the solution is work. And don't assume these are all low-skill individuals. Venezuela was once a very prosperous country. They, their economy was based on oil. They, they sent oil around the world. They used to send it to the United States until the embargo. But once they had a change in leadership, if you call it that, dictator, also crime, gangs took over the streets, political chaos, economic decline, and the loss of the ability to sell oil, their country spiraled. And that's why people are fleeing Venezuela for the first time. We do not have a Venezuelan population because people didn't have to leave that country before. They stayed home. So now those individuals who came before July 31st, as I have to reinforce that, will be eligible. So there are now, as you heard, she said they will be eligible. But guess what? That's not the reason, because it's a bad economy. Yeah, listen, we've all seen the images of what's going on there in Venezuela and other places. I wouldn't want to live in Venezuela right now, although I don't know if I want to live behind Capitol Hill now that Henry Henry Cuellar was carjacked, because crime is really bad in Caracas. Major carjackings, major shootings, lots of problems. Sadly, a lot like many American cities, unfortunately, these days. But that's not the reason you have a right to flee. You can't, economic reasons is not the reason. You are supposed to be in a protected class and you are supposed to be experiencing persecution. Did anything she just say sound like it fit that? No, they just want to hurry up and get them eligible to make them work and get in front of Americans, by the way. That's what happens. They get expedited work permits. Then also they would be eligible to vote. That's not a solution. This is talking out of both sides of your mouth. This is ridiculous. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, we are also hearing that, you know, Eric Adams out of New York, he's trying to move the homeless people because he doesn't want to move the migrants. He's offering these vouchers to other communities upstate counties basically to take vouchers so they would be able to put homeless in shelters and hotels and other things. These are American homeless. Move them out of New York City so then New York City would have more room for the migrants. Well, some of these individuals, first of all, they don't want to move. And second of all, these upstate communities are now saying, no, 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 no. We don't want them in our community. They're saying, why are you giving your problems? Because if you give a homeless person or a migrant, any of these individuals, American homeless or these illegal migrants that are homeless, if you put them in another community, guess what? It ruins the social infrastructure of their community in the sense that they have the social services burden. They have the health care burden, the housing burden. There's a lot of layers to it. Just giving them a voucher and moving them out, that doesn't solve the problem. It's like a bait and switch. Okay, you don't want to take the migrants? Now we're going to try to send you homeless. I mean, this is crazy. Don't you just think close the border and some of the rhetoric that they said early on where they invited everybody to come, it opened the door. And in fact, I want to play Cut 24. This is Kathy Hochul. I want you to listen because 
I'm glad she's saying the border is, yeah, it's a little too open right now, you think? Uh, Her comments are way too little, way too late. Here is something that she said, very similar to what Eric Adams said when he was campaigning. Here is Governor Kathy Hochul. Uh, This is in December 2021. And listen to what she said. She sure sounds like she's inviting all migrants in. Back then, you can't say surprise, surprise now. As you know, the Statue of Liberty is inscribed. It says, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled young masses yearning to be free, the wretched refuse to a teeming shore. And that statement encapsulizes our values. We want people to come here, despite where they came from or despite the circumstances that drove them to this country and to this, and to this state. We see, say you are welcome here. We are welcome with open arms and we'll work to keep you safe. We'll not only house you, but we'll protect you. And we'll kick out Americans to protect you and house you. And we'll give you cell phones to protect you and house you. And we'll give you room service. And we'll give you a four- and five-star hotel. And if any Americans complain, we'll just kick them out of the hotel or the homeless shelter. We'll move them to another city. Does that sound fair? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joaquin in Pennsylvania, Line 7. Joaquin, your thoughts. Rita, hey, first of all, I do want to extend an apology to Stan for what I said on Friday night. Perhaps it might not have been fair, though I still think he's an America-hating communist. But, you know, the fact of the matter is this. They deliberately are flooding this country with illegal immigrants. And, and, and by the way, thank And by the way, I'm glad you, I, you know, I'm glad whatever you said. I, I can't remember because a lot of people make comments about Stan, but I, I do remember you did make some comments and I even defended Stan. Do you remember walking? Because he yes, also, he is a, I understand he's a veteran. I'm going to ask him next time. And I appreciate everybody's perspective. Even if I think they're loony kazuni, I still appreciate having everybody's, you know, I don't want to be a place where people can't speak. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's the democratic cancel culture. That's not here. That's the communist cancel culture. Exactly. No, that's that's a, you're right. You are absolutely right. And I welcome Stan and everybody else. I think, you know, I enjoy everybody's perspective. But go ahead, Joaquin. Rudy, Rudy Giuliani just, he nails it on the head. He sees it for what it is. It's a fascist, communist, globalist takeover of this country. And, you know, these Democrats who are talking about the immigrants and how that Republicans are responsible because they're not doing immigration reform. Their idea of immigration reform is giving these people work permits and basically opening the gates and just letting them come in and, and be legal. And I got news for Stan. You know, you better take a damn good look at Venezuela, what they did after they destroyed the petroleum industry down there and the communists took over. I would hate to live in New York City when things are really starting to go green and you got to rely on your windmills and your solar power. It's going to it's going to be really hard to live in many places, but particularly in the city. And it's it's unrealistic, too. You know, I mean, all these things that you're talking about, Joaquin, are also so unrealistic. And and I'm glad you spotlighted some of them, because at a time where there are so many serious issues happening in this country, that that's what they're thinking about. You're right. It is. It is nuts. Uh, Let's go to Dave. Also in Pennsylvania, Dave. uh, this is this is a crazy time. And you heard the Democrat solution is uh, let's get them all to work and then they'll vote um, and then everything will be solved. Uh, that's not the way this should work. Of course not. That's uh, the leftist way of thinking. 
Uh, and it's ironic that you know, Governor Hochul's comments actually support and validate what the Republicans are saying about uh, congressional hearings where the I forget the name was in charge of Homeland Security saying the the, the border is secure. Well, here's you know here's some indirect evidence that it isn't. We're hearing it right from somebody from their own party. Uh, but also, you know, again, you know, with the China control, financially controlled media, they'll never connect the dots. This kind of relates back to what was just said in the pre- previous call. Is it why is Venezuela in the state it is? It's because it's been overran by leftist, uh, elitist, selfish policies that destroyed that country in the first place. And that's what's coming to America. You know, that's what the Democrats want. And that's what's even scarier. And to your point you mentioned earlier, you know, yes, we are a sanction for, for you know, bringing people in, but it's not to be at the expense of displacing Americans. And it's, the United States is a sanctuary for its citizens first, and we'll do whatever we can to help people. But we're not here to displace and create havoc and help for its own citizens. That's yeah, not that, that's not right. That's not the spirit of it. And and we are a welcoming. I think we are the most generous, welcoming nation um, and I hate when people say, oh, you're you're being whatever by. No, I'm just I just care about Americans and I want to make sure we're safe and protected. And those that do qualify after they've been vetted and that they do indeed, which is literally a, uh, you know, less than 10 percent usually actually do qualify. Those that do qualify come um, add to the country, love the country, uh, but don't take away from it and don't just come illegally, not vetted, not cleared. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, we're getting some more details on that carjacking that took place just a few hours ago in Washington, D.C., Congressman Henry Cuellar, Democrat of Texas, uh, now we're learning that authorities are looking for three suspects uh, that had a Texas, uh, a car with Texas tags on it, a Honda CHR. Uh, according to the congressman's office, he was parking his car this evening just a few hours ago. Three armed assailants approached the congressman and stole his vehicle. The good news is luckily he was not harmed. And the congressman is working with local law enforcement to try to track down the assailants. They say thank you to the Capitol Hill Police, Metro PD, for their swift action and for recovering the congressman's vehicle. So they located his vehicle. Uh, Apparently, they also took his luggage. No word if that came back. Uh, Thank goodness he's okay. And they are now looking for three suspects who were armed and dangerous. And boy, crime coming home. Uh, and dealing with, indeed, a member of Congress, a Democratic member of Congress, at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time in the Navy Yard area, which is a pretty busy area there right behind Capitol Hill. So it is a sad sign of the times of how dangerous so many major cities are in America. Uh, we're talking about that and, of course, the migrants, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Christine, uh, line one. Christine, uh, your thoughts about the issues with migrants. Hi, good evening, Rita. Um, thank you for taking my call. I just had a quick point. Um, I'm a disabled American, and I got kicked off of my food stamps because they said that when I went through survey that I made $5 over the um, allotted you know, uh, money that you're allowed to have. Now, all I receive is my disability. That's nothing else. And 
I got kicked off for $5. I understand there has to be a line somewhere, but, like, when you have someone who does not have the ability to walk, cannot work, and yet you have able, able-bodied people draining the system, and it's just unfair. It, that is completely unfair, Christine. And and like you said, like they, it's just sort of like they're putting a number in. But for $5, um, someone like you uh, should certainly be much better taken care of than someone who's crossed the border illegally. Uh, to me, there's there's no gray. Uh, 1,000%. We so appreciate your service, and it needs to be respected, appreciated. And you guys should go to the front of the line. Uh, there shouldn't be any holdup whatsoever. Adam, real quick, line two. Real quick, Adam, your thoughts. Well, I just want to say that uh, I think that the migrants, I'm a Democrat, and I don't like the migrant situation. So could you stop saying that Democrats want the migrants over here? Oh, well, I'm happy to hear that. By the way, and it shouldn't be a Democrat or a Republican issue. It should be an American issue, a national security issue. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.